0: Welcome to How We Got There. I am your host, Mike Davis, founder of Go To Market Guides. I interview thought leaders and founders in the Salesforce ecosystem to help ISVs learn new techniques to try and mistakes to avoid. This episode of How We Got There is brought to you by CodeScience. CodeScience is a founding member of the Salesforce Product Development Outsourcer Program. The only master PDO, CodeScience helps businesses thrive on the App Exchange by getting them through the full solution lifecycle, from building to commercialization and deployment. CodeScience has helped build 10% of the apps on the App Exchange, including Solutions for Encino, IQVia, Salesforce, MailChimp, and more. Visit Codescience.com to learn how CodeScience can help your business win in the Salesforce ecosystem. All right. So we're here with JP Leggett, who is the president and CEO of Squiver. Hey, JP, great to have you. Thank you for having me, Mike. Pleasure to be here. So tell me a little bit about how you found your way into the Salesforce ecosystem. Yeah. Traditional
1: story of I was at big companies doing techie sales, and I was working for more of that cog in the wheel a little bit. And then Actually, I actually had the opportunity to meet some what I would consider some pretty great thought leadership in the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, the CEO of Conga, I ended up meeting at actually an air show, and uh, I told him he was crazy. I said, I don't even know what this app exchange is that you're talking about. I don't know exactly how Salesforce is producing this platform, but it ended up becoming a, a really great conversation with Mark. We continued to connect throughout the course of a couple of years there on into what became a a flourishing Salesforce ecosystem career for me. So really grateful to Mark Whiteside for kicking me off down that path accidentally.
0: Nice. And uh, tell me a little bit about Squiver, how you came up with it, what you were seeing and uh, what it's all about. Yeah, so
1: Squiver was one of these ideas that came to me upon my own use case and ended up we, like most organizations, we had some transition on accounts, some really big accounts. And I found myself explaining what we were doing on some very large accounts to the new account team and subsequently customer success, some renewals teams. And that was about a three to four week exercise that we went through. And I just kept asking myself the same question through that exercise. The platform is so robust. It's powerful. Why doesn't a lot of this, what, I would, what you and I might consider tribal knowledge, live in Salesforce? And that was the vein that, that Squiver started upon. It was the bug that, that I started to run with probably a year later
0: after that transition nice and and when you were going through and identifying the problem maybe for other people who like uh, that's what i've always found and if you read like how to come up with a business idea the best way is to have a problem that you have that nobody else has solved for so can you tell the founders or potential founders that might be listening like how did you go from like that hey i'm feeling this pain to I'm actually going to build this thing.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I would say that for us, it was from initial inception and idea out to that build took probably about four months. I think within any founder or co-founder, if you've got an idea and it is something that you're passionate about and you can take that and don't be shy about sharing that to your network. There's plenty of people that upon that idea, I went to and I just garnered some feedback. And they produced a lot of great input. Some of it was constructive. Some of it was, hey, you're crazy. That might not work. And all of that mapped back to what morphed into our business plan. So I'm a big proponent of when you get the idea, and in our case, it was a traditional org chart on Salesforce, that then maps into this series of questions that are going to test that passion around the idea. Your network, your the people that you've built around for for the past X part of your career are key and imperative to help you vet that passion around that idea and ultimately whether or not that's going to work.
0: That's great feedback. And I'm sure you experienced, like you even said it, some people who m- might not have agreed with your idea. And it'll be fun, I'm sure, for you to go back and show them what, you, what you've what built to this point.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that feedback, you want that up front. It makes you better down the road. So what I heard initially, Mike, was imperative information for us to know Going into, are we serious about building a business around this and ultimately tackling this now versus a year down the road, that one problem might have morphed into 10 problems. So it it is a great exercise to have. And I think it
0: it's an exercise that continues on as
1: founders build their businesses up.
0: Thinking back to before you entered the security review process and then subsequently completed it, what's one thing you wish you knew prior to that part of the journey?
1: You know, I was lucky here because I had a really talented engineer that I I teamed up with. And I think in particular pre-security review, there's a lot to, to understand there. One of the best things that we did there was Get a hold of your Pam or get a hold of Salesforce to help them understand what you're trying to accomplish. For us, it was key, Mike, because it it helped to streamline the process a little bit further. I know Salesforce has changed that process a little bit in the last couple of years, but I think that going through that exercise was one of those things where if you can demo to the broader Salesforce team. In our case, we actually got to the security reviewer and were able to demo. The light bulb went on, uh, a couple of tough questions got answered, and we were able to streamline it a bit further.
0: Oh, so that's interesting. I think that's a really good nugget. I think a lot of people hit the submit button and just go on the path. So what I'm hearing you say is get engaged, see who you got assigned to and get connected.
1: Yeah, I might put this in a category of it's your first and more, more important sales strategy for your, for your idea and your application. And I treated it as such. We wanted to blanket Salesforce through the process. And, and I mean that in a good way. We wanted to make sure that they were comfortable with what Squiver was, what we were trying to accomplish, and do that at multiple levels, much like a lot of our sales cycles.
0: Your enterprise sales through and through. Love it. Approach everything like an enterprise sales process. Actually, kind of speaking on that topic, you've built a successful career in enterprise sales. How did you think about keeping or trying to get some semblance of deal control in the scenarios where a Salesforce AE or SE picks up the phone and says, hey, JP, this net new account wants to use your solution and i want you to show up and and do a demo next tuesday like how did you approach those
1: yeah it's there's definitely not a silver bullet here because of the ecosystem and what salesforce has built it's just so powerful and it's it gets so broad mike it's going in many different directions and when a salesforce rep calls up and and starts to go down a path i think that the Next question for you, and and a great question overall, is where can you add value? And what does that value look like? And there is always a reason why a Salesforce rep and a Salesforce SE and the full team, they need your interaction. It's because the platform is powerful, but the app exchange is equally as valuable as they try to accomplish their business goals. And so remind yourself of that as you go through Constantly get checkpoints on you guys as founders, and and I oftentimes got frustrated with, is this more tactical now? Am I not as strategic as I thought I was? And then whenever I revisited back to, hey, the value of us being engaged here is X, and we wanna own X. That helps you gain control over your cycle. That helps you become accountable for your cycle. I've seen numerous instances where Salesforce and and that team will pivot and they'll go in different directions, which is fantastic. I love, again, what the platform does, but I think it's imperative for us as ISVs, especially in the app exchange and the ecosystem, to walk back to value and ensure that value is understood at the customer level.
0: Yeah, I find it so interesting because like when Salesforce brings us leads, that's why we, that's why we're like where we are. That's why the app exchange is such a, a fruitful ecosystem. That's what you want. But what I think I'm hearing you say is don't just come along for the ride. Know you add value, know where you add value and know that the AE and SE need you to change your mindset a little bit. And if you can approach it from more of a position of power, that'll serve you and ultimately serve the customer. That's spot
1: on. I I think that with Salesforce, and Salesforce has some really big ideas, endeavors, especially with what we saw with PPP earlier in the year on through towards the work initiatives into the Slack acquisition and the focus that they have at a company level requires the app exchange to be really valuable and really pointed to help them execute and that oftentimes comes through half-heartedly in, in some instances quite frankly and we want to make sure that is at the forefront the value of you with salesforce walking in the door is immense because that enables the customer to execute that tough business critical solution.
0: Yeah. As we look ahead to 2021, how do you think about company goals as an ISB that's just starting out from a go-to-market perspective? Like how are you approaching Q1 versus Q4, the the year as a whole? Yeah, it's a
1: good question. I think the backdrop of the pandemic, we wanna keep everyone safe and healthy first and foremost. But the the company that we're looking to build is we really want to be, I heard this term recently, Mike, we talk a lot about thought leadership, but action leadership and being able to bring our leadership to bear within the ecosystem is key and make it actionable. Most of that translates back to, yeah, how are we taking care of our customers? How are we listening to our customers? How are we taking care of our employees subsequently and, and enabling them to to generate the, the next two versions of Squiver that are gonna be really impactful in the market. If I look at two, 2021, it's easy to say, we want X amount of revenue increase, we gotta work on pipe All those things are great challenges to have, and we're gonna focus in on those. But I'm gonna be very mindful of building a, a company that is best in class in the ecosystem, and one that not only is, is the customer at the forefront, but we also have the ability to facilitate a really healthy work
0: environment for our
1: our team as well.
0: That makes sense. This can either be like what you're looking to create or what you've recently created, but so feel free to have it be forward looking or backward looking. But when you think about the best program that you've ever created from a go-to-market perspective or been a part of, what would you say the best thing that you've seen work any of the companies you've worked at?
1: That is a very good question. I think one of the the near and dear programs, I don't know if this one's gonna be the best one, Mike, but early on within the, the conga days, we were able to quickly identify what the strategy needed to be in the ecosystem. And that was a, it was almost like an orchestration between Salesforce between our partner community and between us and to make sure that was something that we could rely upon through the sales cycle, build our business around and frankly echo through the ecosystem. So it was branded, it took on a lot of different names, but I think that was a a very good program that didn't exist before the Mike Davises came over to, to Conga and And being able to look back on that and identify that as whatever product you're selling, if you've got a team around you outside of your organization that's helping you sell it, again, relying on that network, it was imperative to, I think, the success of what we saw at that company.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to go off off script a little bit, but as you reflect on that and think through 2021 at Squiver, what are you thinking about or your first steps to to recreating some of that magic?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that is Squiver needs to brand it. We need to we're an unknown entity out there on the app exchange. And so what we need to do is basically educate a lot of folks as to what we're doing, what the value is around what we're doing, which I think is a huge opportunity for us, but that requires a lot of boots on the ground, a lot of marketing initiatives, a lot of, a lot of things that startups aren't afforded upfront. And it speaks to the value of how can we scale and how can we echo our wins through the Salesforce ecosystem. And a lot of that is you gotta use your resources. We talked about Trailhead a little bit. I love the Salesforce partner community. I'm a huge fan of GTM guides and what you guys are doing over here. And I think as you look at the the summation of everything, being able at the end of next year being able to say Squiver is impacting these two or three focal spaces in the ecosystem is going to be a win for the year.
0: Yeah, getting specific is so important. So that's uh, great to hear. What's been your biggest mistake from a go to market perspective in the ecosystem?
1: yeah i think that for us we had a little bit of a failure to launch and it wasn't it wasn't a real controllable situation but i think that when founders and co-founders and when you have the idea and you're passionate about the idea know there's going to be roadblocks out there you're going to need to hop over and it's not going to be all smooth sailing i love the iceberg analogy out there i'll see that every once in a while on linkedin where yeah, what you're building, you need to have the the grit to get through a lot of objections, a lot of crazy things that happen, a lot of things that you might not want to have happen. And for me, I think the the regret is I didn't do it sooner, Mike. I would love to have uh, gone back to twenty eighteen and said that we've got X amount of growth since twenty eighteen. We as a company, Squiver had a relaunch this year. So Really, Squiver came back out on the App Exchange, probably in that August time frame of 2020.
0: Nice. Just learning from that is, is so important for folks, like like acknowledging that there could be bumps in the road and having it not be assumed that it's going to be smooth sailing. So thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, of course. I think that's key for anyone. I think thats that's been something, obviously the growth mindset is key there. You, you want to build off all the things that happen. But for any company, you're gonna get into uncomfortable zones. You're gonna get into, I'm a sales rep here, Mike. What does the back office look like? What does accounting look like? What do all these things that I never even thought about potentially look like? And really being able to dive in, rely on your team. Like I said, squiver has got an amazing team and being able to rely on the team to not only help you build up what's a go-to-market strategy, but what does the company look like from a holistic standpoint was key for us.
0: Ah, Invoicing and back office accounting is fun. It was a blast. It actually <laughs> was pretty good. There's
1: a, I, I love the subscription economy because there's just some great vendors out there doing some amazing things that help you digest a lot of what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. Like when I was launching go-to-market guides this summer, I just started like plucking things off the shelf and I didn't even have to talk to support for most of them. And I had never touched these apps before. It's, it's, it, it was, it's a great time to be launching a company. That's for sure. Absolutely. So JP, we're going to move into the final three and each one of these rapid fire, 10 second answers. You ready to go? Ready to go. All right. Who's one company or person in the ecosystem that you track or follow? old mark
1: benioff i i love to learn through him and then i'm gonna go with probably
0: task i love to follow what task is up to and what would you tell yourself way back when day one of working in the ecosystem be open and learn as fast as you can and listen as much
1: as you can and what gives the energy in your personal life Three kids and um, trying to get them out of the house and and worn out on a daily basis.
0: (laughs) Nice. JP, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for listening. And I hope you learned something from today's episode of How We Got There. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. I'll see you here next time.